and welcome back to the Promethean Perspective, the Advent series. Today is the second day in the Advent season. It is also the first Monday of Advent, and today we are going to be continuing our daily reading and reflections on the beautiful Word of God, His love letter to us so we can enter more deeply and more fully into the Advent season and thus prepare a better place in our hearts and our mind for the coming of the Christ child, so that when Christmas comes, He has a place to rest and to remain. Today's readings are going to take us through the book of Isaiah, um, the Responsorial Psalms, uh, obviously, and also the Gospel of Matthew. So we are going to be journeying through these beautiful uh, pieces of scripture today as we embrace the first Monday of Advent, this Advent season, and then we will do a short little reflection on the readings. So we'll come along for the journey, and thank you for being here today. Let's get right into it. So as I mentioned, today's first reading comes from the book of Isaiah. Uh, we're going to be reading chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. But as always, I think we should begin with the sign of the cross so that everything that is said and done here is done through and with our Lord. And we will end with a prayer and then conclude with the sign of the cross so that the fullness of what we talk about and expand upon in this short little time together uh, will in the end all be done with, through, and in the Father. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain, and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, so that he may instruct us in his ways, and we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come! Let us walk in the light of the Lord. The responsorial psalm is from Psalm 122. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced because when they said to me, We will go up to the house of the Lord, and now we will have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Jerusalem, built as a city with compact unity, to it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. According to the decree of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord, in it are set up judgment seats, seats for the house of David. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May peace be within your walls. Prosperity in your buildings. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Because of my relatives and friends, I will say to you, peace be with you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will pray for your good. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. A reading according to the Gospels of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 5 through 11. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. 
For I too am a man subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, and no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west, and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet of the kingdom of heaven. So, to begin a reflection on the beautiful readings that we have here on the first Monday of the first week of Advent, the profound reality that we're going to be sticking with throughout a reflection, of course, is obviously the fullness of the scriptural passages that we just read, uh, but primarily that theme of Matthew um, that we see in chapter 8, verse 8. Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, if you're familiar, we repeat the same line, uh, very similar in Mass. We say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. We repeat this very, very similar line in Mass because we are making an act of preparation to receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. So this line of faith that we have taken from the Roman centurion, where he asks Jesus to heal a servant and Jesus agrees to come cure him, the centurion in turn, in turn makes this proclamation of faith in Christ. And, and he points two things out. He points out that he is not worthy. He's not worthy of Jesus' presence. He's not worthy of Jesus coming to his home. And the second thing he points out is, is his confidence that Jesus can and will heal his servant simply by asking him to. It ties into our scriptural understanding of knock and the door shall be open. So, so what are these two things that the centurion points out? What do they teach us? The first being that he's not worthy and the second his confidence. What do they teach us? That Jesus is touched and impressed with the faith of this man. I mean, he even turns to his disciples and is like, yo, are you seeing this right now? Are you observing the faith of this man? A centurion, a Roman centurion nonetheless. Similar to the Romans that will persecute and crucify our Lord. But he's so impressed with the man's faith and obliges him with the physical healing of his servant, even without going to his servant. But he does much more than heal the servant. He sets an example and holds up the centurion as a model of faith. And the beautiful statement that the centurion speaks um, is used within the Mass, as I mentioned, to, two, to, to speak of two matters of faith in regard to the Eucharist. And they, they assimilate and parallel beautifully with the centurion. And the first is that we are not worthy. And the second is that we are confident that we can still invite Jesus anyways. So what does the centurion do? He says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my servant shall be healed. So the first portion he reveals he's not worthy. The second, he's confident that Jesus will still come, will still heal. So when we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. We are saying, Lord, we are not worthy to receive you in Holy Communion. And that, that can be elaborated upon in, in any other you know, entity where we truly are just not worthy of the Lord. So we say this at Mass because, one, we are not worthy to receive him in Holy Communion. And secondly, 
we still invite him anyways. We invite him to come into our souls. We invite him to heal us. We invite him to give us the opportunity to receive him. We invite him. And so Advent is this beautiful time where we have the great mystery of the incarnation that is particularly beautiful and gives us many opportunities to ponder it in a very reflective manner. But Advent is more specifically a time when we especially contemplate the mystery of God coming and dwelling within us, physically, through the Holy Eucharist. And this was instituted 2,000 years ago, but it continues to take place at every single Mass. And at every Mass, we are called to express the same faith as this Roman centurion. Lord, we are not worthy. Lord, come. I'm not worthy of you, but I have confidence that if I ask you to come, you shall. If I ask you to heal, you shall. I place my confidence in you, although I am completely unworthy to do so. So today's reflection, I want to encourage you to reflect upon your faith in Christ's coming in the Most Holy Eucharist. Because every Mass is that manifestation of God who came to live among us and live within us as man, and if, as both man and God. And if we but you know, have the faith of this centurion, we too will be blessed by our God beyond measure. Because what, is the, what does the Lord do when the centurion makes his act of faith? He says, Lord, I'm not worthy, but Lord, I believe you can do it. And what does the Lord do? He does it. He does it. And he permits the faith of the centurion to inspire many, many more. And it's so inspiring that it's actually an integral part of the sacred celebration of Mass. What is your faith going to do for others? How does your faith inspire others? Is your faith an example for others? Do you realize you're unworthy but still make an audacious act of confidence to say, Lord, come, despite my unworthiness? So we'll end with a a simple and humble prayer. Lord, we do believe, but please help our unbeliefs. Assist us to see our unworthiness every time we prepare to receive you, not only in Holy Communion, but also in the coming Christmas season. Permit us in humble admission to still invite your healing presence into our life and allow us to express that same trust that the centurion had in you and let our lives be an anthem of that trust. Of of Jesus, we trust in you. Jesus, we are unworthy, but Jesus, we trust in you. We have confidence in your goodness and in your love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God bless you all.